0: We're back live again. Another Hair and Jeff uh, podcast. Um, got a haircut recently, so that's where oh, the that go. joke I, goes.
1: I, I, I'm not going to lie. I got so confused right off the bat. I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, did, did he just the hair somehow yeah, botch our title. Name?
0: It's a working title. Is it, though? Yeah, it is. Okay. I'm working on it. <laughs> there See, you go. Working
1: on it. Anyway, we're here. We're live. We're podcasting yes. today. We're talking hockey.
2: Mm-hmm. And we got
1: some big news right off the bat. Uh, but before we get to that, Mike, let's help everyone break down our lineup uh, for today. Was today's starting lineup.
2: Yes,
0: uh, we got a couple th- topics we're going to uh, touch on today. Um, obviously, do our usual updates on the league. Uh, we got some updates on where the hub cities are going to be. A little kind of surprising, not really. Um, and then we got other uh there's the potential of uh, NHL players going back into the Olympics. That's been a discussion that I want to bring up. That we we'll talk about, op- talk about later. Um, there was a thing that M- uh, NBC sports, Philadelphia did about uh, all four like villains had each of the four C's teams had, but they didn't on the flyers that we're going to kind of look at it, but do our own kind of who we'd put there as the top five flyers, villains of all time kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then, uh, here and there. I'm sure it's there. we're going to come up with other things.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, right
0: oh, off the... we're also going to talk about Ivan Provorov. Yes, of course. Cause seems cause to be an two... underrated kind of defenseman.
1: Yes. But... Two things. I, we definitely had one thing come out recently about um, I think the NHL released like the top 15, 16 defensemen yeah. in the 2014 playoff. Mm hmm. Spoiler alert, Ivan Provorov was not on that list. Yes, so And it's also, spoiler help... alert,
0: we aren't yeah. the biggest fans of a list that NHL.com came right. out with. So, so
1: we're, we're going to help determine – and well, we, we, we might reorganize that list ourselves just mm-hmm. for fun. But also, more importantly, we're going to help show and prove why Ivan Provorov is a top 15 defenseman, not only mm-hmm. in that 2014 playoff, but in all of the NHL.
0: Yes, but I think the best thing – that we should start the podcast with. If you're feeling a little down today, if you're a Flyers fan or sports fan in general,
1: you're missing um, sports. Yeah, you just need a positive. You need something. There's a positive. lot of
0: negativity going on in the world. There today. is. You need some type of positivity. Um,
1: we got some.
0: For we you. got some, and it's actually true this time. We've said yes. it multiple, multiple times, every time, kind of being wrong, just because nope. somebody had said that he was done, but not done. In case you haven't figured out what we're talking about yet, Jeff, you're not wearing your Oscar Strong shirt. I know. You, I'm still wearing but, a
1: flyer shirt, though. Yeah, but
0: you're not wearing it. I'm not wearing it I either. I don't have one, unfortunately. Um But, but Oscar Club has in, officially yeah. finished his uh cancer treatment. Yeah, Oscar. After, I think, last time we talked about how he had taken, uh, was on the ice. He was, for yeah. the first time and since his cancer diagnosis. Yes.
1: No, absolutely, but um, yeah. So, absolutely tremendous news for Oscar Lindblom.
0: Actually, since that
1: uh, yeah. Senators game,
0: that famous Senators game where Kachuk jumped, uh, uh, Lawton. Lawton. Yeah, it's an easy one to remember because it was that one. It was right after that we got some shitty news, but you know.
1: But now we got good news, and again yes. that is Oscar Lindblom. He's officially Mm -hmm. done his cancer treatments. He rang the bell earlier today. The Flyers tweeted that out in the video of him ringing the bell. Mm -hmm. Awesome news there for Oscar Lindblom, the Flyers, and everyone. uh, I'm sure it's been a longer journey than it seems. Oh,
0: yeah. uh, Six months or so that his treatment was going on for. Obviously, there's people who are worse conditions than he is, Mm -hmm. better conditions. But he's a good person if you're dealing with cancer or his similar – Cancer diagnosis—that um, it's possible to beat these things. So keep praying, keep hoping that you be, uh, beat it too. So it's a good, very
1: well said there, Mike.
0: Good kind of positivity coming out yeah. today. So absolutely, a couple podcasts ago in our roundtable, we did t- the five best things that came out of 2020. We were a little—that's automatically number one. Yes, well, that's our automatically number one, but we already put that in our number one because back then we thought he was done it, but we weren't. Now it's official. Now, now it's official, so it. now that's definitely top five thing that has best thing that happened in 2020.
1: Number one, and is again, just so relieving, I'm sure. Because, mm-hmm. again, after like, one thing Mike mentioned is we've seen over the last month, month and a half, reports and reports and reports, one after another. of he even oh, came Oscar a L-.
0: tweet saying, I'm yeah. not believing any of these reports until the right. Twitter page. Because
1: I was so about. irritated at people tweeting out, oh, Oscar Lindblom is – I, I'm hearing has officially been done, you know, getting the schema treatments. And that yeah. wasn't true at the time. Um, you know, Oscar Lindblom, this Oscar Lindblom, that finally I had enough. I, I had a tweet out and saying, look, I'm not going to believe any, anyone anymore. Until I see a tweet from the Philadelphia Flyers only that says Oscar Lindblom is done his cancer treatments. What do you know? The first thing I saw on Twitter today, Oscar Lindblom is done his cancer treatments. So, Huge, uplifting news for everyone, especially Oscar Lindblom, and I, I just – What dude, more could he want honestly, in a long weekend? Yeah.
0: If you're working, you unfortunately. I throw
1: that out there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so all in all, the, just another tremendous off. news. Yes, exactly. Um, just
0: another good thing to jump into the weekend with, so.
1: <clears throat> absolutely, but moving on, we got some news. Uh, let's start with the, the Hub cities. This so, is actually
0: surprising. I want to bring this up when we're with Brian again, too. Yes. So the hub cities were announced, and I guess unsurprisingly, they're both in Canada. But yes. they're both in Canada. For the longest time, it was going to be Vegas and some other city. Right. But Vegas, because of coronavirus issues, they lost that ability to be a hub city. Right. Yes, so. and
1: Frank Ceravelli even tweeted out saying, for the first time in more than a month, it sounds like Vegas is no longer a front mm-hmm. runner." toast in the NHL hub city spiking COVID-19 numbers in Vegas appears to have put a damper on the bid. As Bob McKenzie reported, very possible both hub cities are in Canada in and Toronto, more specifically, yep. Toronto and Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And even more specifically for the conference finals and the Stanley cup finals, both will be held in Edmonton.
0: Okay. Which is even better that it's actually he- held in these Canadian cities because yes. I feel like, there's more of a chance especially since there was a if it was because if it was say Edmonton and Vegas both Western Conference cities I think we talked about in the last podcast how kind of hard that would be but now that you got Toronto and Edmonton I'm sure Edmonton has a couple arenas too but Toronto specifically has a bunch of uh, arenas so more than likely you could argue you could have multiple games going on
1: I think you could uh because again especially Toronto, Toronto,
0: especially yes. Toronto
1: Especially Toronto, but also honestly, Edmonton, I feel like they love hockey. Oh, cause oh it's again, Canada. It's, it's right. They, it's they obviously love their hockey. So, right. So, that, that's why I'm thinking that Toronto can't be, besides, besides Toronto, I'm sure Edmonton has a bunch of NHL ready ranks there, uh, just around locations. Um, the other thing I was thinking, I don't know if this would. Be possible. I doubt it. It would kind of look a little ridiculous. But one thing I was thinking of: if you're really that desperate for ranks, could you potentially go on the practice rinks and have games there? Again, it sounds ridiculous. I know, you but I don't show. know. But theoretically, I think you might be able mm-hmm. to get away with that. Um, but so that's just something to something. look up for.
0: You know how a bunch of these? Because uh, I was watching a there's not a lot of sports going on right now i was watching a premier league game because the premier league came back and yep. um that's kind of sadly uh sorry i'm all <laughs> the united states is the only soccer kind yeah. of ever really pay attention to um but they were piping in uh like chants and everything of uh whoever was playing i forget who was playing but mm-hmm. they're doing in their like home arena whoever's that arena was they were doing chance that what you would hear after a fan's in it and it literally sounded like people were there and because i'm
1: I pretty sure people was, were there what
0: if you put in pipe noises of just so you can get a little more feel of your home team versus the away team of your home crowd sound so like if you're That'd a Vegas like if you're vegas you get that sound if you're nashville you get that sound if you're philadelphia huh. you get that kind of sound kind of thing because i like be that hard to kind of set there's no home field advantage there's no home no. ice advantage sorry no talking it's it's, I, I, it's yeah there's no home ice advantage so you need something <sighs> like i know the nba it's not the same but the nba it's doing like they, they're having their own kind they're they're bringing their own hardwood floor as their kind yeah. of thing of uh just as a way to try to get some kind of home uh, field advantage kind of thing to do yeah Whoopty to do not that you really need to, but I think that's actually the best casing of this because that's even better because there's no, if there's any thought that you think maybe you have some type of home ice advantage that gives you an edge, you have none of that now.
1: Now it's whoever right. the
0: better team is on that place.
1: And, and that's why I'm not really concerned with mm-hmm. wanting to give any teams any home ice advantage during this mm-hmm. because, again, no matter what team you are, you, everyone, no matter how good or bad you are at home, no matter how much you're crowded, the fires,
0: really uh, the particularly, they weren't that particularly that great on the road, but they were no. almost phenomenal at home.
1: They were, they, it's felt like they're almost perfect, really. Yeah. Um, but
0: fortunately, the one game me went to.
1: Yeah, I know. Stop rubbing it in. Anyway, I'm not rubbing it in. <laughs> I can't. You had you to bring it up. No, anyway. Up. So. I will say this. I think it is nice that everyone's going to be literally in the same boat of it's n- there's no home ice advantage this year for anyone in the playoffs. So I think that's the the most fair way to do it. Um but all right, I'll put it this way. If you can create that home at-home ice uh advantage atmosphere, how would you do it? Like would you record? Well the only thing I can think of is would you send in fan noise ha- have fans send in recordings of, again, like, let's go fire, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, doing, you know, every team chant. Sure, you could do that. Sending it in, and they play on the Jumbotron. That's what they are doing. Maybe throughout the game kind of thing, and Mm -hmm. after our goal, obviously play the goal horn, and also just have a lot of fans yelling and screaming from, again, those Mm -hmm. videos play on the Jumbotron kind of thing. That's one thing I'm thinking of. Yeah.
0: That could work. I could see that working. Because it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. Because it's not playoff atmosphere. You don't need a crowd for that. Because no. there were a bunch of Flyers games this season that had playoff atmosphere feelings. Even the game we went to. It's,
1: oh yeah, oh, I bring it up God.
0: again, but that game, no, it not, really it did. had that. player, it still felt like a playoff atmosphere.
1: Absolutely, like literally everything that happened on the ice. The early power play in that game, just for obviously the fan noise. The, the fans were. Into the game right when the puck dropped, and just it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, also,
0: I'd even say all the like the Flyers Lightning games they had those feelings. Those yeah. games, when you're playing, obviously, you're going to be playing your end division and, and conference teams, so you're already going to have that atmosphere of playoff atmosphere type.
1: Absolutely,
0: just trying to get because that's is one thing that does build some teams' momentum is when you do get the crowd back into it, especially if you're one of those teams, like I mentioned, like the uh, Nashvilles, the Winnipegs, the Vegases, that have such rowdy, loud fans that you kind of uh, feed off that. But when you lose that, it's trying to find that rhythm again, especially if you fall early in a game.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, Mike. And, and it's a really good point to make. And, and again, there's nothing better really out there than... When you're down by one, kind of thing, and you get that huge goal to really change the momentum, but also it helps change. And then, the then you put the atmosphere
0: change you, in the arena. You
1: literally do. There's some games where you can go back in history. I'm not just talking about in just like random games. I'm talking about NHL history. You can tell when the atmosphere completely changes in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, the, the now infamous, really Vegas San Jose game seven. A couple years, uh, two or no, that was year last ago. year. Oh my god, it was only last year. I felt like a lot longer than that. just last year. The in, the infamous play with Joe Pavelski and mm-hmm. and the Vegas players, uh, Cody Eakin. You know, Eakin got a five minute major game misconduct, even though it technically should have been yeah, exactly. only two minutes. Um, right then and there, obviously the main concern was for Joe Pavelski, who, who was bleeding on the ice and was barely moving. But after he got him off the ice. You could little. it only took six seconds for San Jose to get a goal, and the momentum changed right then and there. Because, again, on five minute, sorry, five minute major penalty, you can score as many times as you want, and a penalty will not expire until those five minutes are up. What do you know? They scored four goals on that five minute major. The first one coming in at six seconds in, and then after that, I think they scored the other three within two, two and a half minutes. It was unbelievable. So it's little things like that that changed the momentum, momentum of the game.
0: I think infamous is just going to be our uh, word for today. Because I was going to say, if you want to look at it from the other perspective, 2010 Flyers. Because yeah. Boston capitalized pretty early in that game. They had the crowd going pretty much throughout that game, but the Flyers were able to bounce back out of that. And kind of get mm. them reverse feelings and then kind of silence Boston.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, you just need one goal. They got the one goal, and they just went on from there. And they were able to shut them down, and they went to the Santa Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so where do we want to go next with this?
0: Um, well, realistically, oh, wait. next Friday… I think this is coming out on on Friday, so next yeah. week, next uh, next week today, pretty much, um, training camps will be opening up again for the NHL. I think the next yeah. phase would be starting or whatever. So we are absolutely getting closer and closer to hockey coming back. Yeah.
1: Um, now that we know the all the reports that are even coming very out, much closer. All
0: the reports that are coming out from um, like uh, Bob McKenzie or whoever is tweeting about it seems good on both par- parties. It doesn't seem like we're gonna have an MLB situation. Everyone seems okay with the CBA. Everyone seems okay with all this, uh, uh, everything else going on, good. proactive good. kind of stuff with the virus and everything. Um, so it's getting closer. That's so
1: good. Um, the I one thing forget. that did get
0: brought up yeah. that I think I will transition to next. It yes, I
1: know where you're going games. and let's do it. Go for um,
0: it. So one of the CBA things is NHL players going back into the Olympics. Yes, um, which I hope they do, but it's for the next two Olymp- Winter Olympics. It's being discussed, so I think it's all things seem to go well there. Yep. Going
1: well uh, Pierre LeBron kind. tweeted out yesterday morning uh, if NHL slash NHLPA finalizes things, if the players ratify it and subject to negotiation with IOC, sounds like proposed CBA extension includes the NHL's return to Olympics participation covering both 2022
2: and 2026
1: it so that would be phenomenal so 2022
0: is uh in beijing mm-hmm. and 2026 is Alano Cort- uh cortina i think that's italy I don't, yeah italy there you go interesting one but all right. But I understand why they would kind of consider that, especially Beijing, just to get the Asian kind of market to grow the sport out. If you want to grow the sport out more worldwide, you have to be in the Olympics. What's the best way to get people excited about getting into the Olympics? Setting in the best. And right now, I really need to see that because we haven't seen the Olympics with Connor McDavid. You haven't seen it since. You saw a World Cup, but it's not the
1: same. That's not the same. You
0: saw one World Cup.
1: And yes, it was very exciting. Hockey, that was like, what, six but, years ago? Yeah. Here, here's the other thing, though.
0: But the thing that makes it even Can we have f- a
1: team, North America, no, Team Canada, exactly. and Team U.S.? Because I want Conor McDavid and Austin Matthews to play on the same team again. Because that was incredible hot.
0: not going to happen, but you don't need that. Because every team, even every team pretty much, is, would be improved if you do allow the NHL to have oh, NHL players. Are you in.
1: kidding me? Everything, Everything incredible. That-
0: Everyone in the world, uh, US, Russia, Finland. I don't know who the best in the world is. There's uh, yeah, you no, know it's even better. You know who could, the Americans may have the best goaltending because they've John, John Gibbs,
1: Gibson, Connor Hellebuck. I forgot he's, Ameri- Are he's, you, Ameri- he's, he's American. He's
0: American. Yes, I just looked it up. Oh, my God. Michigan. He is American.
1: I forgot – I didn't even think he was American. Yeah. Wow. So I'm going to – I'll I'll say this.
0: But I will say this too. Yeah. Weaknesses in Canada, even though they're best – they are best they can argue they're best of the best in the sport, but you can't throw Russia out there, America, even Sweden. Sweden. Finland, you can argue too. Finland, oh
1: my god. I need – I'm not even just
0: saying this as a Flyers fan or a Carter Hart fan. Carter Hart could realistically – Get a spot, if not start, for Team Canada. They don't have that best goaltending. Because there's when well, we the look at my up. Head, I can think of Jari, Murray, and Hart, and I guess you could put Carey Price back out there.
1: Um, they would. Pr- I, I'll, I'll put this. Um, I'll put it this way. I think it would come down to, um, or they could put Braden Holpe too, but. It's gonna to be tough. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to Because
0: it's twenty twenty two, so that's two years from now. A majority of the best goalies right, so playing play are European. Even Russia isn't gonna have that terrible
1: goaltending. Uh,
2: All right, so currently Lasky, a Lasky?
0: that's a pretty good goaltending d- oh, tandem. Yeah.
1: That's incredible. So currently yeah. for Team Canada, here are your top goalies. You have Flurry, you have Carey Price, you have Devin Dubnik, Holtby. So right there, those three could take it. Um I don't
0: Finland has Tuka.
1: Tuca there you go. US is Gibson and Hellbuck. Uh Swedish Sweden has uh uh Lundqvist. Um
0: if Halak wants to, he could play for Slovakia.
1: Yeah. I'm sure he will. But honestly, I'm not going to lie. I highly doubt with the way that Team Guerin is going with their goalies that Matt Murray would play. No. I, I have no chance of him I making have, the that's roster. That's why
0: I put Hart over both Murray and Jari.
1: Jari. That I agree and with. That's advice. also two
0: years from now. So Carter Hart, realistically, and those two as well, you could argue,
1: would be better. That's true. Because, again again two years from now or even if he doesn't make that one two years or i'm uh, sorry four years after that 2026 we said mm-hmm. i could realistically see him being the starting goalie for the 2026 team, Canada team because Holtby, price flurry they're all going to be
0: even the americans even though most of that 2010 kind of american team is kind of older they have young and upcoming players obviously
1: they do uh, jack eichel they have mm-hmm. uh, austin matthews they have the kachuk brothers so i believe are american
0: they
3: are
1: they're american yeah no they're american yeah um uh, yeah so the kachuk brothers I that think, would be pretty cool to see i think it might be um, john carlson i believe is american I think the
0: hockey writers if someone has some uh put
1: together a um, roster of
0: all the countries
1: that i would love to see the other thing is As much as I would love him to be in the first, if not second-line center, Sean Couturier could be the second, if not third-line center of this team. (laughs) I know. But, again, it's – I don't even know – all right, I'll put this way: He will not be the second-line center. He will be third, maybe even fourth-line center. That's how good Canada centers are. You have McDavid, you have Crosby, you have Couturier. Um, You have – I'm trying to think who else. Oof. Also, side note, I just thought of this. Uh, Finland is going to be a lot better than yep, most people realize. Right.
0: The hockey writers.
1: There you go. Uh, Finland, they have Mika Rantanen on their left wing. That's going. To be who be a else you can't
0: player. throw out there, especially now? Hmm. Germany.
1: They have... Leon Dreisaitl.
0: Leon Dreisaitl. They also... This draft, I think one of the top picks is German. And Tim Stutzel. Plat- yeah. I believe last year's draft is also the same
1: way. Also, uh Moritz Seider, I believe is German. Uh he, he is a defense uh he's a defensive prospect for the Detroit Red Wings. Um Steve Irwin said in a press conference. Yeah, Marti I think yeah,
0: Marte Sider. He was yep, 6 overall. He's German.
1: He's he he's going to roster. be a pretty solid uh, player for Detroit. So I would not be surprised if he made the roster for Team Germany. So mm-hmm. they're going to have some underrated. Uh, they're I think they're going to be a sleeper team, honestly.
0: Yeah, they could be. They honestly could be. Um. Yeah, but I just brought it up, but they did uh yeah. US, Sweden, Russia, Finland, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and Germany.
1: Wow. I'll have to take a look at that for sure. Uh,
0: so here's what they have. Uh, for centers, they have uh Sidney Crosby as first, then Conrad David second. I go the third, then Patrice Bergeron fourth, and John H- Tis- who's third? Uh Ryan O'Reilly. Patrice Bergeron and then Jonathan oh, Tavis.
1: Um Um, Where would they have John Tavares, by the way?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, On the left side, left wing, you got Stamkos, Hall, Marner, Points, Barzell as an extra. And then right side. Barzell
1: as an extra? That's ridiculous. Uh,
0: You got McKinnon, Shifley, Stone, Tavares. And defenseman lefty, you got uh, Morgan Riley, Cal McCart, Drew Dowdy, Thomas Chabot, Righty, Dougie Hamilton, Shea Weber, Axel Pantrico, Aaron Ackblad. Goalies, Jeffrey, uh, Carey Price, Jordan Bennington. Number three, Carter Hart. Carter
3: Hart.
1: I, I get the Bennington. Uh, yes. I get Bennington. But at the same time, he's going to have to improve a lot. Over the next few years, I'm not saying he's a bad goalie, but I don't think his numbers are nearly good enough to give him the right to be a backup for Team Canada. So he yet. put,
0: and this is the just missed out uh, Chris Latang, Ryan Ellis, Jonathan Huberdeau, Brad Marchand, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, Tyler Sagan, uh, Alex Lafreniere, Shay uh, Theodore, Matt Murray, Darcy Kemper, and Sean
1: Monahan. God. Dude, I'm telling you. I mean, Canada team. is a
0: great team, so obviously a great player is not going to make this team.
1: Right, and more than one. Yeah. Um. All right, so the other one I wanted to go over desperately, and I have it up right here, is Team USA. Uh, hockey Raiders one? I do. Uh, top line, Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey, left wing, centered by Austin Matthews on the right wing, Patrick Kane. Pretty good line there. Oh, man, it gets better for Team USA, Mike. Second line. This one is, he's a little highly rated. I would bump him down personally, wow. but Jake, Jake Gensel is the second line left wing,
0: Germany's centered by Jack have that terrible Eichel. not goaltending
1: either. Who's your goalies?
0: Gruber Thomas Grice. That's,
1: That's terrible. not bad. That's respectable. Um, second line is Jake Gensel and Jack Eichel, along with Brock Besser. That's the second line. Third line, this is going to be a really, really good line Kyle Connor, Joe Morgan, and get ready for this. Uh Alex DeBrinket. That's gonna be filthy. Uh br- fourth line is Brady Kachuk, JT Miller, and Matthew Kachuk. Jeffrey? The extra yes. God. Oh boy.
0: I'm looking at Sweden.
1: Yeah, Sweden's gonna yeah. be a problem. Yeah. They got Pedersen. They had the best D. They got Carlson. They have Headman. Uh Headman.
0: John Klingberg, They have
1: Russell Gabriel Landeskog. Uh,
0: Oliver Arkman Larson
1: eggman Larson, they have Lundqvist and Nett. Not No,
0: they don't have Lundqvist and Nett then, and it's 2022, so I don't know if he would be there, but they have Jacob Marstrom, Robin Linder, oh
1: Linus Allmark. Yeah, that's still a problem.
2: Um, but, um,
0: you got Zibanejad, no. Nealander, Pedersen, Landeskog, Philip Forsberg, Nicholas lakstrom oh William Carlson, Elias Lindholm, uh, Gustav Nyquist, Victor Arvidsson, Jacob Silverberg, uh, Victor Olofsson Lucas Reitman that's a pretty that Sweden's going to be an issue is why I want the NHL and the Olympics they just so make bad. every team so much better yep. They make every. by the way if you want to show your, t- your product to the Asian markets and markets mm-hmm. you're not that big in you mm-hmm. show the best of the best that you have
1: yeah. and these are the best of the best that the NHL has
0: and, um, obviously you can't throw Russia
1: Away either. Um, finishing up with team you said before we go on Russia okay. is Clayton Keller and Jack Hughes as extras. Left defense, Zach Roransky paired with Seth Jones from you know Columbus, so basically every day. Quinn Hughes and John Carlson, Jacob Slavin, Charlie McAvoy, Tory Krug, Ryan Suter are the the uh, the extra pair, in net, Connor Hellbuck, John Gibson and Ray right for this one, Ben Bishop.
0: I about Ben Bishop.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought he was Canadian.
1: Oh, he he's American. Oh,
0: Russia gosh. is gonna struggle a bit center wise. Um but winger wise yeah I mean I'll put number it mm. number one D Jeffrey Ivan Provorov. Oh, wow goalies aren't terrible either Veselovsky, I said earlier Igor Shisturskyan
1: why are you looking up that? I'm going to look up Finland because I'm curious. But you obviously got
0: Ovechkin, Panarin,
1: Fetishkov, uh you got
0: Malkin and uh Nemestikov, Kucherov, Tarasenko, uh Krepersov, uh Krafstov, uh Nikita Gusev,
1: Evgeny yo. So Finland's, coach, so Finland's going to be a problem, too, just so you're aware. I am aware.
0: I, I'm aware of all the how great some of these teams Patrick are.
1: Laine, Barkov, Mika Rantanen, Kapukaku, Sebastian Ajo, Teravina, Mikko Gremlin, Rupi Hintz, Kasperi Kavanen, Kasperi Amy, Anton Lindell. Why
0: did Heis- you think Miro Heiskanen was f- Swedish?
1: I don't know. He sounds Swedish. So, Miro Heiskanen, uh, Henry Yokoharu, Ross uh, Rostolainen, Tukarask, Antti Ranta uh sorrows um oh and i forgot to mention for i, I guess he's he has to be a Finn. no he's not a Finn. i was just there my bad he has to the swedish i forgot to mention for sweden mike whoa rasmus dalim yeah so Swedish or the the Sweden yeah. team easily Just has missed the missed out
0: team. Jeffrey first uh um, Finland because I'm looking yeah. up too. Um Poe RV. too and uh Fipula. Who's the first one?
1: Oh oh yes, he pulled up. Puey- yeah, that that goof is yeah. What a
0: goof. I mean technically he could recreate what they had in juniors.
1: Just saying anyway I think so, like that team was pretty good yes sir so anyway so that's some but really exciting news to look forward to so.
0: i honestly get both sides though before we get to the next topic just before we get off yeah. the olympics just the olympics in general uh, i get the, there's a headache on both sides cuz i get that it's NHL. not official it's not official but i can see both sides cuz nhl mm-hmm. obviously wants it for growing it globally money will re- rise brings more people in or eyes more people into the sport itself um but then there's this problem too it's the winter olympics so it's going to be mid season at some point it's going to be a couple weeks off midway through you have players top players that can potentially get hurt and worst case miss the remainder of the season but yeah. Also, I get the player sense because you want to represent your country. Yeah. You want to. And even if you don't send, and if you're trying to get into these new markets and trying to, especially for ice hockey or NHL or whatever, what's going to get you more? This, your co- the college players of America coming over, the second tier KHL players, even though it's second tier and not the best in the best, it's still significantly better than everyone else in the world that would be coming. Oh yeah, Got and not that, right. that it's obviously you can always throw out there how much how great the Miracle on Ice was, and sure you could potentially have, but there was a lot more around the Miracle of Ice that made it so much better than it was. Yeah. Other than the facts, obvious fact that it was Soviet Union, how great that hockey team was, and a bunch of college kids of America. Yes, you and other again, factors that came into it, but as great as that could be of a, another episode like that if you're trying to get into more before I end up my and my rant just kind of not really rant your random tangent my spiel here yeah it's uh, just bring the best players over realistically speaking does the world really know who Connor McDavid is? they might have heard of the name have they seen him play?
1: I really hope so if alright I'll put it this way if you are a hockey fan out there how can you not know about Conor McDavid? How have you not even seen any of his highlights or playing? But again, that's if you're a hockey fan. If you're yeah. a non-hockey fan, I don't know. Yeah, I'll put this him way:
0: Why bring some name up more?
1: Olympics, Olympics. Playoffs, White, obviously, Olympics. But, yes, yeah. but I'll put this way: If you're just a well, – I'll put this way: It's almost impossible to be Canadian and not mm-hmm. watch hockey.
0: And – I hate it to put it this way too, but if you do brand the college kids over, it is kind of like the U.S. men's soccer team, because versus the women's team, which is significantly better than the men's team, but you want it to be like basketball, both the men and the women kind of or dominate.
1: Dominate.
0: They might lose here and there, but even with right. both the uh, even the for soccer purposes too even the u.s there's still great teams mm. out there too but you want to want to punch there you know you know what i'm saying absolutely you want that no, one- of course. even you though want the, the one it's a little the harder punch. it's a little harder i'd say hockey-wise especially eh, i'd say women's too but men's no too, cause no the, the, the women's because women's there's canada and u.s are right there it, right it, it's always right Russia.
1: there top and top neck and neck with the u.s and canada for women's hockey which is phenomenal. It's some of the best hockey you could ever see mm-hmm. honestly. And it's then, great.
0: Yeah, that's what was great about 2018 is that you still had that. Yes. all
1: right so, that's why I,
0: th- I was hoping that they have yeah. NHK 2018 cuz cuz it was in Korea but it didn't.
1: Yes. Uh anyway, so let's move on let's end uh, that one. <laughs> yes. What is our next topic here Mike?
0: Um so today is July 2nd or July 3rd mm-hmm. when this podcast will come out. Yeah. But which means yesterday or two days ago it was july 1st yep any other time that hockey schedule would have been jeff's second if not third favorite day in hockey outside of trade deadline stanley cup free agent friendly would have happened july 1st jeff usually has these things set up make sure to call off you got all these things fortunately because of obvious reasons not going to happen but that is another thing that might happen i think it's november 1st potentially for the free agency for i think that's been rumored that if there's no set,
1: there's no set dates right that that would be pretty happen. neat though
0: yeah november 1st would probably be if i saw correctly <sighs> um but yeah which made me think of since you don't have it this year and the past couple of days you saw a couple years ago, today, someone yada yada was signed or yada yada was mm. traded away. So it got us kind of thinking of some of the best and worst signings uh, on that July first. Um,
1: um, I can am actually going to start with
0: the. I'm going to start with the headache, actually.
1: Oh
3: boy.
0: Um, Ryan Souter and Zach Parise.
1: Yeah, matching what was it, like 13-year contracts?
0: Mm-hmm. Both $7.5 per year, average annual. Uh, this is before the new CBA, so their contract was a lot mm-hmm. longer than what it would be now. Yep. But they're both 35, not that they aren't productive, because Zach Parise no. is still very much productive.
1: Same We're thing with Ryan right? Seater. Sure. Um, sure, It's just, who in their right mind would, well, then again, I almost feel bad saying that. Their, because... pl- their
0: contracts have them go till they're 41
1: they're on there for a while. They're
0: on that space for a while. Unfortunately, Minnesota is in a really rough patch because realistically they could, because they have Parise and some of these guys still, they could try to make a run for the playoffs, but they're also not at that point where they finish off the season, I'd argue, where they could kind of rebuild either. They're in a really they're in a gray area. It's a bad area to kind of be in for the NHL. So, I'll put you're, it this way, Mike. They're an average team, essentially. Yeah. Not, not so. That's not the worst, but that's not... Obviously Minnesota fans would like you to be in the playoffs and to compete and everything, I'm sure. Like any other fan base, but even though they're going to be in the uh, play-ins, and I I could say I'm taking it, sure, but depends on how well Dubinik's playing and all these things, but
1: so here's the other issue with that. Guess who the general manager was that made those signings?
0: It was Chuck Fletcher, the Flyer. It correct, was Chuck GM. Fletcher. But there is the other That's... thing that the person ahead of Chuck Fletcher was saying, "I want these guys," kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So his hands so kind of tied. It re- it honestly reminds you a lot of the. At Ed, uh, Ed Snyder and Paul Holmgren situation where he said, I, I want a goalie. Let's get Ilya Brzezgalov.
0: Yeah, who I'll bring up in a little
1: bit as well. Yes. Oh, we got our own separate rant about Brzez. I got a good one here for you. David Clarkson.
0: I got so another after, good one, but he's on the same team apparently. So after time, spending
1: the first seven years of his career with the Devils, David Clarkson mm-hmm. hit free agency for the first time. The Maple Leafs won the sweepstakes, and signed him to a seven-year, $36.75 million deal. Seven years for David Clarkson, who, by the way, has not played in the NHL for quite some time.
0: Yeah. He has some injury. I forget what it was. Both him him and Nathan Horton, who I was going to say next, Nathan Horton. Yeah. Uh, A similar thing has like a – Know, like five million or five. Oh,
1: wait, that's right. Home before you do that. Sorry, I forgot. So, after just a season and a half, according to Hockey Writers, uh, the Maple Leafs flipped him to the Blue Jackets for Nathan Horton. That's mm-hmm. right.
0: Yep. Now they're both on long term injury reserve for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. For just the remainder of this year. It's the last time they have to deal with it. So, woohoo. But yeah, that is one of those tough ones because for some reason, because Clarkson had like one kind of decent year when they went to the cup. They just thought, oh, this guy has great value. He's going to be great for my team. It unfortunately didn't happen. Injuries and other issues kept him from playing. Same with Nathan Horton. Yeah. Um, But Nathan Horton, he at least, was better for a little bit longer. Um, and was on that uh, Bruins team that won the cup. So
1: yeah. Oh, he, here, here's a good one. I don't know. I can't remember if this happened on July 1st, but just it's happened. Um, Scott Gomez oh, yeah. uh, signed a huge yeah. deal uh, to a seven-year, fifty-one point five million dollar deal back in two thousand seven. And he didn't play that well. And oh, no, that was with the Rangers. He didn't play that well and he eventually got traded to the Montreal Canadians.
0: If you haven't picked up on it yet, you were doing the worst ones first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got another one, Jeff. Even though it was kind of a trade, but also signing too. But um Corey Schneider. Yeah. Seven years, yeah. forty two million, still Oof. six mil left, and he's still playing. He's not the same goal. Again, goalie.
1: obviously, mm-hmm. some injuries played mm-hmm. into that. Played into the, yes, but... But also, there. one thing that really sparked this whole topic Sorry. here, guys...
0: When he oh. signed... He signed July 9th, but it's still around that same time.
1: And, hey, we're not talking about has to sign July 1st. We're just talking about worse signings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But yesterday, again, was July 1st, and Mike Amito tweeted out on this day in 2016, and this is what sparked the conversation... The Oilers signed Milan Lucic to seven-year, forty-two
2: I
0: about million him.
1: dollar contract.
0: And then flipped them for Taylor or er, for um, uh, James Neal.
1: That was one of the worst moves I've ever seen. Peter Shirelli. I never understood how this guy became a GM in the first but, place. Hold That's on, Jeff. Bears.
0: We have a whole section on him. Don't worry. He's oh got good. Some, he we got some good trades that happened very and a very past couple of days, but they are uh, anniversaries. Don't worry. Even though the Oilers are playing into the playoffs this year, I have a chance to go in and probably will, because I can see them <sighs> taking down the Blackhawks. <sighs> there are a lot of bad traits in there. But yep. yeah, Milan Lucic was a bad boy, um
3: That was for awful. For
0: some reason. Because he was some... Did okay coming out of I mean he was, did pretty good in Boston but
1: yeah um, but his pretty
0: fell down he just became
1: such a kind of like
0: goon trying to be like a Tom Wilson type of player rather than he went from else. being
1: a decent player to he just put
0: up decent points for a
1: while and then no, he just did. dropped off because he, he, he wanted off. to live that goon life
0: yeah I mean the first two years sorry first year in Edmonton. He put up 23 goals.
1: Which is surprising. Remember remember, that, it's remember it's when perfect. he signed with Edmonton, he called it because of the Connor McDavid factor? Yep. Yeah, good and time. And
0: realistically, that was why. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, here, just there a was, little... The best year yeah.
0: he had was 2010-2011. Uh, he had 62 points, uh, 30 goals, 32 assists.
1: That is shocking.
0: It's shocking. Absolutely Especially shocking. after this year where, surprisingly, he put up eight goals and 12 assists for 20 points. The same total as last year's 20 points. Uh, six goals, 14 assists. Still very shocking. There is a good, there is a good clause, though, in that uh, trade with uh, James. I agree. That up.
1: Yeah. Oh, geez. Anyway, so let's look at some of Peter Shirelli's infamous deals. So here is one, for example. The Griffin Reinhardt deal in 2015. The uh, so Peter Shirley gave up the number 16 hey, I found it. and number 33 draft picks to the Islanders for Griffin. The Islanders then used number 16 to draft Matthew Barzell. Oh, and by the way, if you're curious about Griffin Reinhardt, he's currently in the NHL with the uh, Chicago Wolves.
0: Oh, uh, if they would have played a full season, it would have happened. What's that? Oh. Uh the conditions on the trade so the conditions in that ah, Milan Lucic right. James Neal trade was it's um condition it was for a conditional third round pick um in 2020 um if James Neal scores 21 goals and Milan Lucic scores 10 or fewer goals then uh Neal is uh, in the 20, uh, in 2019-20 season mm-hmm. um so as i just said Milan Lucic had 18 James Neal had 19 Oh, if he would have had a full season, he would have done it.
1: I know. Done it. It's very disappointing uh, would have been great,
0: but unfortunately yeah. it didn't happen. Um, also, not
1: met. <laughs> also on that same day that Shreilly offered each that seven-year 42 million dollar contract four years ago, it was also the same day where he traded Taylor Hall to the Devils for Adam Larson one. For one, why? Right. Why? Oh, and there's this one. Sherrill really traded Jordan Everly to the Islanders for Ryan Strom.
0: Yep. I believe there's all these players. Are, these. I believe all these players are still on the Oilers currently.
1: Yeah. There's some pretty bad ones out there. He is just.
0: It took him so long to get him out of there.
1: I forgot to mention one of his most infamous trades ever. I got to find it first. The. uh, Boston Bruins traded Dougie Hamilton. Sorry, Peter Shirely traded Dougie Hamilton. He was just
3: 22 for a first-round pick and two second-round picks.
1: So, you know.
0: What's worse, Jeff, that or the past Bruins trades that could make them better than they are? Or make them even
1: better if they would have made them? Yeah.
0: Because Dougie Hamilton is also was also a Bruin.
1: Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was the Dougie Hamilton trade from oh, no. Boston to Calgary.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. so they traded a third round pick for Zach Ronaldo.
1: Zach Ronaldo, which also appeared on this, uh, couple, uh, this yesterday, three years ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. How do you get
2: now, what's Zach Ronaldo
1: for a third round pick? That's what um, I want
0: to know. A couple of days ago, it was the trade of Jeff's favorite flyer to ever play, uh, Braden Colburn. Uh, Braden Colburn's trade, which if you really look at it, they really kind of got a lot out of that for the flyers. They
1: fleeced. They
3: fleeced Tampa Bay.
1: I had to bring it up on Twitter. because That's what I'm doing. Because Charlie so, had it. So here's what the trade was. The Flyers get, or sorry, Flyers trade Braden Coburn for Racco Goodis, a 2015 first round pick, and a 2015 third round pick. The Flyers obviously got Goodis. He got a couple good years out of him. Then they traded him to uh, to Washington for Matt Niskanen. Mm -hmm. And then with that first round pick, they ended up trading up to get Travis Konechny. Yeah. He's working on just fine for the Flyers. Yeah. Thank you very much.
0: That's very close to what they con- not exactly close but pretty close to what they did with getting um trading away Jeff Carter and uh Mike, um and Mike Richards. Yeah. Cuz that also has an impact today as we mentioned all the time, Rogan Frost for Brandon Chin. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, your,
1: your and um, don't forget Joel Farabee in that trade as well. Yes, yes.
0: I know I was forgetting someone.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so those are some of the worst trade signings mm-hmm. in recent memory. Um was actually some...
0: kind of an underrated one, kind of underrated. Um, only because Phil Kessel is always kind of a, you know. Yeah. It's not the easiest to play with, and everything kind of headache. Um, but I gotta say, when he when they got, I mean, the contract he signed wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, with much with uh, Toronto, eight years, sixty-four mil, eight year a year, eight mil a year. But they flipped him over to Pittsburgh, where he helped them win he two, won cups. two
1: cups. Yeah, he helped them. He was a big part of that. The yeah. Hbk line in uh, Benino. Kessel and Haglin was phenomenal
0: yeah
1: he's one part he that did, he did, did hurt
0: well giving, with the yeah. I mean his his goal numbers are significantly down from when he was with the no, but
1: he it was so key Pittsburgh but I mean, I mean obvious obviously reasons, you want to have you the goal is to win a sound cup he won back to backups with them
2: mm-hmm.
1: the one thing I will say that does hurt them just for the future again obviously the goal is to win the sound Cup they won two with Kessel, which is awesome.
2: Also, when Phil Cusso
1: was they got him, they had to give up uh, Kasperi Kapitan. Yeah. So, that, that was, so that was a big piece to give up. But obviously, over time, it paid off.
0: Also, you know who had Phil Cusso first?
1: Boston. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> he started with Boston. Oh, my gosh. He was drafted first round, fifth overall, 2006 by Boston. Sure. I mean, not that he's not deserving of that contract either. He's a very productive player. He's definitely No, he is.
1: It's just, he's, again, one of those players that kind of is hard it's... to play with. Right? We
0: got yeah. that kind of come out last year between Malkin and uh, Kessel. It was, yeah. kind of either, it was kind of between either Kessel or Malkin go, and Kessel lost. Exactly.
1: I mean, honestly, that probably worked out better for Pittsburgh. They would probably uh, rather have yeah, to probably. Like Malkin.
0: I mean, Malkin provides more than Kessel did. Just, uh, just for my thinking, thinking just because yeah. center versus winger. Um, think,
1: he, I'll, 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 give you, um, from the Athletic, Charlie O'Connor's, uh, top ten free agent signings of the 2010s. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to go over them all. I'm going to go over some of my personal favorites. Is this flyers um, or just this or... is flyers. Okay. This is flyers. Um, number three, I jump in all the way there. Uh, Kevin Hayes. Yes. Um, obviously it's that's a little high, games. but. It's a little high. Seven years, $50 million. It's very early into the contract and deal with him. But hey, he uh, he's looking good. He is. Uh, n- number one, only got him for a year. But hey, what a year it was. Yarmir Yager, one year, 3.3 3 mil. I miss Yager. He was 39 when they signed him for that deal. I miss him too. Um, here's an underrated one, Michael Raffle, One year, 925,000. 2013. Raffle has been on the Flyers for seven years. Wow, you
0: want to know what he put up points was for that year in Philadelphia? I didn't even really realize this. So, in mm. 73 games in that 2011 12 season, he put up 19 goals, 35 assists for 54 points. For, for Yager? Yager, yeah, yeah, for his comeback into the NHL.
1: It's pretty damn good. Yeah, he, he helped Drew get 92, if not 93 points, and Hartnell 71 or 72 points. That's mm-hmm. product. I a forgot he there.
0: played on Dallas for a little bit.
1: He did. He he was only there for a year before he, was he true, went to Boston. Boston yeah.
0: Damn, he did good in, Bo- in New Jersey.
3: Do you know New,
1: New Jersey was, was very good? But then he, he really was... thrived in Florida.
0: Yeah, he did. He really did. It's hard to believe because he was one of those guys. Realistically, he was the NHL's version. Probably the next person would be Crosby or even a Mexican you could throw in there too of Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. He is now 48, but he was in his 40s doing that. Late 30s. Yes, it was. He had one last chance with Calgary, but it just didn't really work. But even his last year in Florida wasn't terrible. 16 goals, 30 assists, 46 points. That's not terrible. Also, you also got Yager's leadership, and I think that really helped Drew become a better and take over that captain role because right around that time was when Pronger went down.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, I think it's time to talk about Brzgolov really quickly. Yes,
0: so because
1: the other kind of, day, Mike, yes. you mentioned this to me, which I didn't even think of or realize. I thought so, of this
0: I saw this by um, tweeted out by the Broad Street Hockey's
1: Twitter yes. page earlier in the day. So, the, so, if the Flyers never bought out Ilya Brzgolov back in 2013, his nine year, $51 million contract would have ended yesterday
0: yep july 1st
1: think about that think about all the other goalies the flyers went through after briskolov imagine if he never left imagine if they never bought him out now you have nine years 51 million that would have been seven more years of -hmm. briskolov of
0: now you're paying him until 2026 2027
1: thank you paul homegrown yeah that's also probably one of my worst free agent signings. I mean, te- technically, it was a free Hexler agent signing.
0: bought but him out, it? right? Or was that Holmgren who bought him out? I'm try- i I forget who was s- there. I forget who was there
1: who it bought him was, out. It was probably because by the time, time yeah he was bought out then, June twenty
0: fifth, twenty thirteen.
1: That might have been Holmgren still. Yeah. Because uh Hexy's first draft didn't happen until twenty fourteen. So I think that was Homer.
0: Yeah, it was, it was last year.
1: But me. I will say this, though. The fact that... <laughs> who signs a goalie for nine years, 51 mil, especially if it's Brizigalov? Again, I get it. He won a Vesna, He won a Stanley Cup and everything. But I would have not signed him for even five years.
0: No, but he still played after he was in Philadelphia.
1: He did. He went to Minnesota.
0: Edmonton and finished out and Anaheim.
1: Yeah. 2014. Back hand, yeah. Last year he played.
0: Um, he only played in eight games. He did not do good. 419, 847. Yikes. <sighs> but I also kind of get it, too. Why they – not that I would never have given that giant a no. contract. Never.
1: But again – He it, was what
0: if... He yeah. was
1: great. No, he was. Again, he did very well with Phoenix. He, before going to Anaheim, he did well there. He helped them he win the backup, a cup.
0: He was the backup when they won the <laughs> cup in 07.
1: Yep. Yep. But still, he helped them win the cup. Uh, there were some games where um, Jagir didn't play but, or just couldn't the, play, kind of thing. And Bridgegall came in and he backed them up and he played in the so 05, 06
0: well. 06 playoffs. He did mm-hmm. phenomenal. 146, 944, in 11 games. That's
1: nuts. But again, there is always that "what if" factor. What if Chris Pronger never got hurt? Meaning, if you he helped control, he would have helped control the craziness going on versus Head in Philly. Maybe Brzezinski would have lasted six more years, kind of thing, or at least like a good jump and not just play Maybe. 2012, 2003. He played technically not even two full seasons because the second season was a, a lockout year. If
0: you want to hear more of what Chris Pronger would have thought of it, let's do his chi uh, chit- <laughs> uh hot uh,
1: podcast or whatever. Spit and chicken podcast, podcast, podcast appearance, yes. Yeah. Exactly, and he, he gives us all about, about that, that. And all that. Yeah, so. he does. And it's a phenomenal interview altogether, though, but mm-hmm. uh, be it. So, maybe it would,
0: but if I was a Flyers then, I I I wouldn't have given that contract, but I would absolutely probably bottom out again, even though you have to deal with it until twenty twenty six, twenty twenty
1: seven. Right. the other issue was again like also, con- also
0: kind of, of like what we mentioned earlier. The flyers from that down were going down at that point. So you had the shed salary, you had to kind of start rebuilding.
1: Yeah. But also, because um, we mentioned it earlier, I forgot who. But the Flyers, um, they were uh, – Paul Holmgren was kind of forced a little bit because Mr. Snyder, you know, told him, saying, hey, like – We need a goalie. That's the you one You need a listen. goalie. Go he get – He was also – Go get your guy.
0: He was also the reason why we lost uh, Bobrovsky.
3: He was. And he was. hmm Thanks, guys. Yeah. Alrighty.
1: Uh, of,
0: t- maybe some things may have been a little different here and there if that would have changed, but –
1: I don't know. I really think that things would have been quite different.
0: I don't really mind it that much, though, because we got Carter Hart now and we've got a solid
1: team. We do. So, again, obviously, it's so much easier saying hi. It was a work in
0: progress, but it's getting there. And these players are all still relatively young.
1: Yeah, and they're panning out. It's great. Mm All right. So, let's end today's podcast with. NBC Sports Philadelphia, their article of who is the Flyers' biggest villain. So they put out a poll, and they put out their own separate articles for these four players. Uh, the poll is now has been closed and everything. So the four players in question are Ty Domi, who was most remembered as a drum, I believe, when I'm playing against Flyer. Flyers, Scott Stevens, uh, obviously put for New Jersey, Patrick Kane, and Sidney Crosby. So, number four, Ty Domi. Growing up as a Flyers fan, every time the Flyers played the Leafs, it was a must-watch TV game. Because whether you're there in the stands or watching at home on TV, even listening on the radio, you had to watch those games or listen to them some way, somehow. One reason, Ty Domi. Not only that, but the Flyers had Donald Brashear, and they had oh, there, there, they were those two good fighters for both teams. But not only that, with Ty Dumie he put up some points. He would put up a decent amount of points for a player of his caliber. Now he's not necessarily, you know, back on that. He, he wasn't more so, um, you know, an enforcer. Mm-hmm. He was just a very physical player who just happened to be a very good fighter but he could put up some points but the most famous scene that pops out everyone's I when you mentioned Ty Domi and Flyers is during 2004 a Flyers play a Flyers uh, Maple Leafs game it was not it was just during the regular season a fan was um getting annoyed at Ty Domi because Domi was squirting some uh power raid over the the glass back at the Wacovia Center and splashed the fan. The fan got annoyed at it, and he ended up breaking through the glass behind the penalty box into the box he went, And him and uh, he started trying to throw punches at Ty Domi, and Domi landed some punches on the guy. Um, and also, another Spin Chicklets reference, um, Ty Domi had an interview, and he even mentioned um, the whole incident, and you can check it out there for Spin Chicklets. Phenomenal um, interview with uh, Ty Domi and Spin, Spin Chicklets there. So, he, he was number four, uh, and he, the votes came in at only 5%, which makes sense. He played a minor role as a villain for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, no, next is – Max is, is pretty pa- good, too. Huh?
0: Max is pretty good, too.
1: Yes, that, too. Uh, number three for the Flyers' all-time rivals, Patrick Kane, 11%. And this is for one reason, one reason only, game six. Yes. I'm not going to lie. If he did not score that goal, we would not be talking about him because Uh, he scored that goal. Literally, that's the only reason why he's considered a villain in Philly because he scored the game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Finals to beat the Flyers to win the Cup. Other than that, we're not talking about him. So,
0: I'm just not a fan of him in general. He's kind of the reason why I try not to root for America sometimes. Sorry, USA. Um,
1: I don't play, man. I mean, I'm a
0: Flyers fan first, so I'm going to vote for. Yeah. I'm going
1: to um, whoever
0: the Flyer t- players on.
1: Yes, yeah. I prefer Team USA over Canada, even though there's more players on uh, Canada mm-hmm. and other teams than US. Uh, but anyway, so there's that. Um, before we get to the top two in voting to see who came out on top, either Crosby or Scott Stevens, let's mention some honorable mentions here. Um, you had Leon Stickle and Bob Nyström. Uh, back in 1980, Bob Neistrom, of course, was the one who scored the game winning goal in overtime, game six. But of course, it was offsides. However, the one who missed that obvious offside call was Leon Stickle. So those two come in as a pair as a uh, dishonorable mention. Um, Marty Bredor, 100,000% is honorable mention. You could even argue he's more of a villain than Ty Domi is. There are a number of Devils players from the 90s to the 2000s that could be considered Philly sports villain. However, between the pipes, the Devils always got the upper hand. Most of the time, it felt like because of Marty Um, This one is an interesting one. It's the late 60s St. Louis Blues. The Blues eliminated the Flyers in their first two playoff appearances in 1968 and 1969, in large part due to their physical play. However, in light of that, it caused Ed Snyder to realize something. Because of their physicality, he said, we need to get tougher. No more will we ever lose like this because the Blues had beaten the Flyers physically, mentally, emotionally, every aspect of it. and Hence, the Brock Street Bullies were born. Um, do you, b- Before we get to number two, Mike, uh, in either Scott Stevens or Sidney Crosby, who are some other honorable mentions for Flyers Villains?
0: Um, I'm going to do my own list, but uh, just because I have my own list of how I would do, how I'd put my list of who i put on there. But you can't go without saying Mario Lemieux. And yes even Yager, no, absolutely. even Yager yeah right? um, to, I would say more Yager, so just because they're both they even though yeah. they were around the time when the penguins obviously won the back to back, but they were also kind of fire schoolers too. They were a great players. Well, Lemieux
1: was a bit I think Lemieux was probably a bigger fire skiller than Yagar was. I could be wrong. That's just my take, because again, you had Lemieux versus Lindros kind of thing.
2: hmm
0: I would say Messier, but that's just me.
1: Um, I never considered Mark Messier a Flyers villain. I could again. I could be wrong, but that's just my own opinion, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, let's see, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out when we were talking about this because uh, I was trying to find my list that I sent you. Did I text I you your my list, list? I got here. Where did it's I text you that list.
0: list? It's in the huh? text. It was from last Friday.
1: Oh, man. I got to go back to last Friday. Hold on. I'll text you it again. already That'll line. be easier. <laughs> See, that this is how lazy we are meeting yeah. me. Anyway, so um, I'm going to bring up my personal list in just a little bit. But before we do, before I do, uh, number two. At 39%, Scott Stevens. He was a Flyers killer. He was an ultimate villain.
0: He was an um, ultimate villain of the league.
1: Yeah. He was known for his illegal dirty hits, but the problem was back then, they weren't technically illegal. They were illegal hits. You could lead with your elbow. but you could do all sorts of kind of things. He gave that, uh, Paul Korea that infamous concussion and knocked him out. Uh, in Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals in two thousand
0: three, and um, he did the same thing with Steve.
1: Gossett. And he did the same thing with Lindros in the two thousand Eastern Conference Finals, and that pretty much was the complete, um, you know, complete process of ending his career right there. Um, and then, which leads, of course, to number one, Sidney Crosby, forty-five percent. That's kind of an easy thing to say, just because of not for me. how. Infamous, Crosby is in Philadelphia. Um, Mike, you mentioned your list already for your top five, correct?
0: Uh, not yet, but it's okay. exactly like yours. So,
1: Okay, so we can go over those together. Yes. It is number five, Patrick Kane. Number four, Marty Bredore. Number three, Mario Lemieux. Number two, Christine Crosby. Number one, we both believe Scott Stevens is yes. the true ultimate Flyers villain. He's an He an changed asshole. the history. Of flyers hockey forever with that infamous hit on um Eric Lundros. Yes, mm-hmm. you can argue the biggie kinda of had his head down a bit, but really you shouldn't be throwing illegal hits like that back then. No, no, no. That's I just
0: guess Crosby has been probably the most lethal Flyers yes. killer today.
1: And productive. Yeah. Absolutely. But sure.
0: and I guess when it comes that, to you also argue Ovechkin.
1: You could probably argue eventually. I'll throw him in, in as a you know what I'll, I'll I'll throw him in as in a, um, a honorable mention.
0: So many times and even when I was watching the Flyers, uh not like in my experience of yeah. watching the Flyers where it's always where the capitals go on the power play, one timer his specialty That's go. Yes. Happens had happened multiple times. But it's Scottie Evans is a bigger an asshole to me than Crosby.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because again, yeah, Crosby he he was more. Yeah, Crosby after. had
0: some moments of. being – He just knew how to
1: get under your like, skin because back yeah, during his rookie days, he would dive for the first three seasons of his career, mm-hmm. and you would see it all the time. And Flyers players would get called for it, and you could see how frustrated frustrated they were. Yeah. And then literally, I mean, it's uh, it a you even his- saw. He started sold. from
0: the first meeting
1: with Philadelphia. He yeah. wasn't going to
0: like us, and we weren't going to like him. So no,
1: Darian Hatcher gave him a root canal yes. in his and then first he
0: yes and then scored the
1: game won. winner later in overtime that day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So. I tend to forget that moment, but yeah,
1: yeah, that happened. Yeah, I, I, by the way, by the way, I'm still trying to go back and find that hit of Darian Hatcher uh, hitting uh, Crosby. Um, I haven't. If it's
0: not the first thing that comes up. <laughs>
1: It should. No, I'm saying, like, I can't find the highlight.
0: Oh. I'll,
1: I'll have to see it. I'll have to search one more time. Yeah, there's, I mean, I just see a bunch of articles about it, but I don't see the actual hit. I want right. to see the actual hit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that, that was, that's our list. That's not
0: as much of a thing today in today's game as it was back, not even back to when mm-hmm. we even started, but um, those welcome to the NHL kind of moments. Yeah. They're not really here as much. I think more so you see like the, obviously the rookie skate, like the first one on the ice kind of thing. But mm-hmm. and you, they might throw a big hit here and there, but you never really see the welcome to the NHL kind of moments today. Maybe it's because the guys who are coming to the NHL today are I'm not saying those guys from before athletic or uh, not. Mm-hmm. um skill in any ways, but there's a lot more skill and athleticism coming out of these players. So they are yes. And
1: there's a lot more speed. And
0: great. And some of these guys mainly I obviously f- pay attention to flyers, but many of the guys that Hextall got are uh kind of hockey IQ so they try to avoid those kind of moments of uh rookie moments. So or welcome to the NHL moments. Yeah. Because none of the v- Young guys, players of the Flyers have, have ever, that uh, to my knowledge, have gotten that kind of welcome to the NHL. Moment. One, one other quick, than, even yeah. though if you're doing this, Oilers fans, Brandon Manning might be a villain. Yeah. But he's on, he was on your team.
1: Here's the thing, though, that I still get so frustrated by about that whole thing. It was a complete accident mm-hmm. that Brandon Manning. because again it was Manning and Michael DelZotto together they accidentally tripped up Conor McDavid and obviously he broke his collarbone but then what really annoys me is that just last year Mark giordano it was a clear accident he made contact with McDavid and McDavid had all those sorts of injuries Mm -hmm. that that documentary came out about him about um, you know like you know, all that yeah. he had to go through and everything, it almost cost him his career. So it's like it it, it just bugs me that like a, a cl- broken clavicle that it, again, I can see why it looks like he did on purpose. You can tell like David lost an edge and how can you stop on the dime like that with that little space between the boards and the actual player yeah, and another player Yeah, yeah,
0: team? but but Jeff. Yeah it's pretty demanding.
1: I know. Again. I'm not, it's it's Manning. I'm not, yeah that yeah, yeah, but again, I'm just saying in in Manning's defense, it didn't look like it was completely intentional. That's just my opinion, anyway, so keeping it on flyers for one last I will minor, say one thing, yeah. yes,
0: and this is just not really a villain kind of a villain, but flyer side. we talked about him earlier, the brisk Olive situation. Yeah. Paul Holmgren, your kind of honorable mentions just because...
1: Also, you can throw Ed Belfour as a honorable mention. Sure. He's a big-time fire killer when you play for the Leafs.
0: Mhm. I was just thinking more internally if you want to throw it that way. If guys who tried to do it best, but not really panned out to be really anything. But
1: uh, Anyway, so before we head out, Mike, one last thing I really want to touch on just because I saw... Charlie O'Connor tweeted out about it. He said don't expect um uh, well, because he, you know, retweeted the statement the Flyers released and everything about Oscar Lindblom. He said don't expect uh him as in Lindblom, to play in the restart. But folks, the Flyers are making it very clear that they think Oscar Lindblom has a good chance of playing hockey again at some point in the not so distant future.
0: Yeah. It's too qu- it's too risky a eh? And two, it's too soon for him to be playing. Right. Restart. No, absolutely. No, that makes sense for the fact. I don't even think he'd start the beginning of next season. Right. But again, for me, if I'm best case,
1: end of next season,
0: maybe the start of the following season.
1: Okay. There you go. But um, yeah, again, but just the way, you know, and again, you know, I trust Charlie's opinion and everything. But again, skated. the fact that Getting he's that skating shot. for Limbaugh, so yeah, he shot. Um, But again, the fact that, you know, if Charlie's pretty confident in, in, in at least it seems, the Flyers are confident in Limblom. Obviously, he's not going to play in the playoff. But maybe, just possibly, uh, you could see him next year kind of thing. I don't know. That could be a far-fetched idea, but you never know.
0: It's not a far-fetched idea, but... They also said the same thing about Nolan Patrick. I've not heard anything about Nolan Patrick. Obviously, I don't think he can really be cleared yet, but they they said Chuck Fletcher said he was going to start play at some point during the season. I don't think it was going to happen. Yeah. Obviously, it's a different situation, but still one of those things where that's great and that could potentially happen maybe, but it's not I don't think a Guarantee, Like, if you think he's going right. to play next week, it's not, not going to happen. But even going to the start of ne- uh, last season, I feel like not that many flyers fans are that high on Oscar Limbaugh. Right. <laughs> I know Haxwell wasn't. He was. No, but both A.V. and uh, Chuck Fletcher saw it, so yes and those two things are big pieces that we're missing but the flyers are at the moment seem to be doing at the moment again at the moment okay without them
1: oscar lemblum and no badger correct yes so
0: so yeah leaving beginning of this weekend with some positivity with oscar lemblum finishing officially finishing his cancer treatment and with that that's where we're going to end it today We'll see you next week, uh, probably for another hockey podcast and obviously for our usual on Tuesdays with Friday. So
3: we'll see you.